Android Lindsay. You host the Batch Report in the USA. You also recap. Bachelor Australia, Bachelorette Australia, Bachelor in Paradise too. Happy holidays to you. It's a great track. Welcome to a very wonderful season of The Bachelorette Australia. Yes, we had everyone vote. And, you know, if you didn't vote, you missed out. And it ended up being 88% voted Australia to 12% for the U.S. version. So we said that's a pretty hefty amount of people wanting Australia. And it's a pretty unique season, honestly, having both female and males contending for the bachelorette's attention. Yes. So she's the first queer like lead of any bachelor show. Plus she is the first indigenous indigenous content or woman or male as a lead in the show as well. Right. So, I mean, technically America had Colton who was gay as the bachelor, but he didn't actually have men on his season. So, you know, Loophole. And he's full on gay, not yeah. even bisexual. So this is a more unique situation than that. Yes. So last week there were 16 contestants, eight guys, eight girls. We lost one guy. So now we start this episode with seven guys and eight girls left. Yeah, it really is and feels like a social experiment. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, are the contestants going to try to hook up with each other like Bachelor in Paradise? Or is it going to be like everyone's strictly there? That and like, what does a bi person look for in a person where they can have both gender? Well, and then like, obviously some of the men that are there are straight men. So you have straight men, you have bi men, you have bisexual women and lesbian women. So you have like a very wide range of sexualities. It's a plurethra. Yes, a plethora of sexualities. On and the uh, um, I don't know if there's any bisexual men, but I would assume so. But um, you're probably not getting any gay men. I well, no, because yeah. that wouldn't make any sense. But there are people that I am pretty certain, based on how they interact with the other men on the season, etc., are probably bisexual. But I think most of the men are more so there for Brooke and are more likely to hook up with other women than the men in the house. Right. Especially since I think they're probably like kind of pigeon footing around the sexuality conversation. Right. Um, so this starts off with a group date. Brooke chose Jamie Lee, Matt, Bo, Ryan, Beck, Carissa, Kurt, Holly, Jess, and Conrad to do a photo shoot with Newsweek magazine, which they ended up doing four different holidays. They all split off into groups and, the first one they did was a pool party birthday, which had Kurt, Carissa, and Jamie Lee. And Kurt was really dominating this part of the shoot. He sure was. And it was almost weird because the girls almost seemed like, oh, these are Brooke's friends in the background, and I'm her boyfriend, like, taking, like, all this attention in the shoot. Yeah, basically Kurt is making all the moves while the everyone else is kind back. of falling, falling into the background. Which Jamie Lee does kind of make a sort of move at the end where she's like, oh, well, I'm playing the lifeguard, so maybe we can just take photos of, like, 
you and the lifeguard, but they were like just posing together, like friends at a party. Right. Like, oh, let's like stand here with our hands on our hips and like smile at the camera. So it wasn't like anything supernatural looking. Yeah. But then next up, they ended up using Jess and Conrad on the Valentine's dinner shoot, which is interesting because Jess and Conrad last episode had a lot of drama over the love seat. Yeah, this to me is very clearly a producer meddling moment. But it's not nearly as bad as like how America meddles. Like this is like, okay, let's see. And technically Brooke said she chose who was in each section of the date. So it may have been her wanting to see how they interacted with each other in this situation. Maybe I'm just overreading that situation. So Jess at the very beginning of this is kind of like dominating the shoot. She was playing the waitress, but then she's sitting on Brooke's lap and like giving her champagne and this whole thing. And then Conrad decides he's going to like kind of take the shoot back. And he says, oh, you know, since we're supposed to be on a dinner date together, like what if we had been dating for a long time and this was like a proposal And he, like, stages a proposal for the shoot. Which I thought was an exceptionally creative way to go about grabbing her attention Mm -hmm. back from Jess. And it worked. And I really do think it worked. Brooke kept saying, wow, like, that was a really touchy... Like, I felt, like, in that moment, like, this might be what it would be like if he was to propose at a restaurant. Like, it kind of put them in the situation, like, wow, could I see myself with this person and getting proposed to this person at some point in time? Yeah, Honestly, seeing the other interactions with Brooke, I do feel like there are stronger connections, but I do think that'll keep him around for a couple more weeks, at least. I can see Conrad being one of the last two men standing at this point in time. I do think she has some stronger relationships with some of the women so far, but I think as far as men go, I would say Conrad is probably number two right at this moment. I would agree. So... After that, we have Ryan, Beck, Bo, and Matt doing a Halloween party theme. They went very quickly over this portion of the date. Honestly, they showed Bo with his shirt off, like, posing and pouting his lips and, like, doing, like, the I'm a supermodel type thing, which was super awkward. Honestly, Bo, just honestly, he just strikes me as somebody who came on the show to get publicity. Mm -hmm. And he comes off as a homosexual male man um to me yeah i mean on this season it's so hard to like even speculate sexuality because a lot of people are probably very like non-binary gender fluid right like, but i'm getting friend vibes fluid. like from oh him yeah going like her. i don't think that he is actually attracted to her right exactly like he may be attracted to other women in the house i don't know but i don't find any sort of perhaps he's chemistry. bisexual yeah that very um, well could be so, I mean, they kind of just breezed through that. It, you could tell that Brooke wasn't really into the fact that he was, like, doing that during the shoot. She was like, he's just, like, over here, like, pursing his lips and pouting and, like, doing that whole thing, which is not really her. Did like, anyone stand out, in your opinion, for the Halloween date? They just went through it so quickly, which kind of bummed me out because I did want to see some more of Beck this episode. Yeah, I was going to say Beck was... The person that I was thinking stood out the most. Well, she was the only other female on that section. I do know that like Ryan and Matt, Ryan especially was being like kind of goofy and like doing some fun little things, which is more her speed. Like she wants someone who's going to like joke around and be more candid than posy posy. 
Um, but the last section of this group date is just Holly on the New Year's Eve like thing. And they do a slow dance and it's a lot more relaxed. Yeah, it was. And I do think Brooke really did enjoy herself with Holly. Mm-hmm. So they really were able to advance their relationship to the next level. I said that this was definitely the most romantic of like any of the connections on this date, but they didn't kiss. They did discuss a kiss briefly. And then they're like, oh, maybe we should do like a butterfly kiss or a kiss on the cheek. But I do like that they didn't push themselves to have their first kiss just because it was a photo shoot. Yeah. And this was really a unique situation to be in because of the date's nature. Mm -hmm. Since it was New York, they had these giant sparklers like going all around them. And it really made for a very like heart racing romantic moment. Mm -hmm. Definitely the most picturesque of any of the, like, scenes that they had set up. Yeah, even though it wasn't anywhere spectacular, just having all that movement around you and then, you know, just being being a one-on-one date makes it really special. So before we move on to the actual one-on-one date in the cocktail party, we are going to take a quick second to talk about our sponsors. So we are excited to be partnering with Warby Parker. They were founded with a rebellious spirit and a lofty goal to create boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. I have been using Warby Parker glasses for a couple years now for like my reading glasses. And what I love is you just go online, you take a quick quiz and you pick five options for a home try on and they send you five in the mail. You choose which ones you like the best, or you can like send them back, try again, no big deal. And when you find ones you like, you can get them sent to you with your prescription already in them. You can do sunglasses and they now also do contact lenses and eye exams, which is really like revolutionary when it comes to like eyeglass companies. So don't let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. You can put them to good use on Warby Parker prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering all of the things we listed before. Their glasses start at just $95, including prescription lenses. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program by ordering five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days with no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. So try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash batch report. That is five glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash batch report. And be sure to check out our social media because we'll be doing some try-ons and letting you vote on our next pair of glasses as well. We are coming upon the holiday season. And for me, I get very overwhelmed, very stressed out by the littlest things. And those little things can prevent me from achieving my goals and they interfere with my happiness. And I'm excited to be sharing with you our sponsor, BetterHelp. You can check out betterhelp.com slash batch report, and they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment that is so convenient. You can communicate and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. And it's great because you don't end up stuck on a normal therapist schedule. You know how it's always hard to make an appointment because like maybe they're only in the offices Tuesday and Thursday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. or whatever, like BetterHelp makes it super easy and convenient to schedule a session at any time. 
It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. So you just send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And they're more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. This is available nationwide and worldwide. That means no matter where you are in the world, you can sign up for BetterHelp. Find the particular expertise you need online and don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. And anything you share is completely confidential. It's convenient, professional, affordable. And we want you to get started living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash batch report. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash batch report. Welcome back. We made it. So now we have our one-on-one date with the winner of the first impression rose. Darvid. Darvid. Um, I like that, how you say it like a pirate. Yeah. It's Darvid. Okay. He is Persian. And I don't think he was like born in Persian per se, but obviously his family is Persian and he brought like the tea shots and did like the magic lamp thing. And I thought he had a really cute intro last week. So I was excited to see him get the first one-on-one. Yeah. So basically they'd land a helicopter at the mansion mm-hmm. and I thought that this kind of like gave him a leg. They had a very racy date altogether, but like landing a helicopter and then everybody sees you jump at the helicopter. I think that's like kind of makes people jealous a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like for one, he got the first one on one Two, They had to like see him get in a helicopter to go on his date. Yeah. And then they, they take a trip to the woolly mountains. It's the foothills of the blue mountains is what they called it. Oh, okay. But they went over the woolly mountains, I believe. Right. Um, they then land and they have, this little setup on off a cliff. Like they settle in on the side of a cliff, literally on the side of a cliff. Yes. They have to like get them all situated, like tied in whatever those things are called for rock climbing. Uh, Carabiners and uh, harnesses. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that. And they drop them down onto, it looked like it was almost like a canvas or tent type material. Right. That they sat on and then they dropped down like picnic stuff for them. And they sat just off of a like like once side you, of a cliff once you're settled in i imagine that being a very like romantic date yes very like unique and there's not a lot of people can say they've done something so uh extravagant in a way in a way and it actually isn't that expensive of a date so if you kind of knew what you're doing you probably could set something up similar i, w- I wonder if there's like companies in australia that set things like that up and are. you could like pay for like an afternoon like where like oh you get like an hour and a half where you sit out there and they have the safety people and everything there for you yeah it was really nice i think there is something to be said about the psychological impact of having such a racy like adrenaline right because you're going to get your heart going and then i think they did that on they do stuff like that on purpose to try to get like a spark between Mm. people so if that doesn't do it then they're probably not meant for each other. That reminds me of, I think it was Hannah Brown's season with Garrett. They went like naked bungee jumping. Yeah. And for them, 
like, I feel like it gave them a sort of spark for like a couple hours. And then after like that wore off, she was like, wait a second. Right. I'm not really interested in him at all. Like that was exciting, but like, I still don't feel the same I do around people when we don't go and do anything. Yeah. In that specific scenario, it was a little bit of meddling by the producers, Mm -hmm. which I guess you could say any type of spark driven date is going to be like producers trying to hook up. I wonder if the producers bet on who like bet money or, or something, you know? Well, the thing is they didn't know who was going to get the first impression rose and had obviously picked that date before any rose had been given out. So they set up the date, just wanting her to continue having a spark with whoever. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how it works. So they could, I, the way I imagine it would be, would be like, Oh, they've got dates lined up, ready to go but they can choose which dates go to who. So I think COVID makes it a little more difficult because they have to plan things out a little bit differently, like in a very specific order. Um, So they have like their picnic goodies and she keeps talking about how he makes her feel really appreciated. Right. Which I think is a really nice thing. It's also kind of a weird word to use on a first date. But he, I think was being like, Oh, like, making sure she was comfortable and making sure that like he like poured her drink for her and like making her just feel very gen- important. He's very gentleman. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. he gets a date rose and they kiss. They get a first, he gets the first kiss, I think. No. Oh, uh, Jamie Lee last yes, episode right. got a kiss. That's right. From the old season. She kind of had a leg up. Right? Because they already knew each other yeah. previously, but so he gets the first like new in which, person. Yeah. Kiss. Um, which obviously is going to be super memorable, like the first kiss with someone being literally just on the side of a cliff. Right. But we'll see once kisses are given out more liberally if she has a stronger connection with someone else. Yes. So then we go directly to the cocktail party and Matt, of all people, snagged Brooke first. And last week I thought Matt was going to be the first one gone. Yeah. So this was like a big deal that he snagged her first and she seems to be someone who really appreciates when people go after her or people make a move first. Yeah. Like when you see, like when she dances with Holly, like Brooke's not the one to make that first move. So she's waiting for Holly to make that move. Yes. When Jamie Lee kissed her last time, Jamie Lee made that move. Like Darvid kissed her. Like she's letting people kind of come to her. Yeah. Um. So I think that was a little bit, like that gave Matt a little bit of a leg up compared to last week because she was like, Oh, he went out of his way to make sure that like he saw me first. Yeah. So then Darvid steals her away from Matt. So Darvid already has a rose and is the second person to talk to Brooke all night. And this honestly felt like a mistake on his part, just because he did kind of steal time from some people And he stepped on some toes. Well, people were upset because they were like, he already has a rose. He got to spend all a whole day with her. And now he's tactically using his time to like stop other people from engaging with her. I think it would have been better if he had waited towards the end of the cocktail party and then stole her away to talk for a few minutes. But it being right at the very beginning of the cocktail party, I think is what sat so wrong with everyone right i didn't personally see anything wrong with it although like if 
he should have had a particular reason for pulling her aside. Like, oh, there was something I wanted to talk about on our date that I didn't get to say. Yeah, like, like short and sweet kind of thing. Yeah. Just like, hey, I want to connect with you and make sure you're still feeling, you know. Instead of wanting to chat for a long period of time. Right, like he should have used it to like reassure instead of being like as a tactical way of sucking up her time. So Emily does confront Darvid during this cocktail party and was like, this is really messed up. I didn't get any time because you stole her away, which I actually feel was like a cop out because instead of going and getting time with Brooke, she was confronting Darvid when she could yeah, have been talking to Brooke. Exactly. So that was on her a but little bit. I Holly think. swoops in and yes. I want to say Holly and Brooke really seem to be clicking. I wrote very flirty. Yeah. And they, she actually got a rose, a yes. hidden rose from Brooke. So basically how it works a lot of times on the Australian, what I've noticed is a lot of times they'll give out a rose during the cocktail party. Right. And if it's not at the cocktail party, the person who gets the first rose at the rose ceremony typically gets the one-on-one date the next episode. So the first rose gets the one-on-one. So they're not doing the date card thing. Like, who's going to get the one-on-one date? Like, they already know who has the one-on-one date. Holly's getting the one-on-one date. So next episode, we're obviously going to see Holly go on this one-on-one. So they're just, like, very cute, very flirty. It goes to the rose ceremony. She gives the very first rose to Conrad. So Darvid has a rose. Holly has a rose. And now Conrad. Right. And honestly, Conrad has really been putting in a ton of effort, I Mm -hmm. feel like. So I think it's deserved. And I think it shows her something that he's able to keep his cool around Jess, who keeps trying to like get his goat over and over and over again. Yeah. Conrad is actually very well kept as far as like mentally. He doesn't like let his aggression get to in the way. Also, I wonder if that's like a prelude to maybe a a one-on-one date. I think he will probably be the next guy to get a one-on-one date is what I'm thinking. Unless one of the other guys really does something that impresses her. Grabs her attention. I do think we will see um, Kurt on a future one-on-one date as well. Um, Matt got one of the first roses this time. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Which I don't know if that was like... I think it's because of what I said, where he pulled her aside first, and then his chat got cut short. And I think she was like, I appreciate that you pulled me aside. I do want to get to know you. Which he is so young, 21 years old. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting how young he is because he looks like 31. And so I'm I'm still kind of worried that they're not going to be able to click on that, like, um, maturity level. But, you know, he's kind of a... We'll see. I haven't seen enough of them to really make a call on that. That's like Tej. One of the girls is also only 22 or 23, which is just, it's a big age gap on this show. Honestly, how old is Beck? Beck is 30 or 31. I think Beck might have a pretty good shot. I'm going to say she's in my top four, even though we haven't seen much from her. I think we're going to see more as the season progresses. I also feel like Carissa, who we saw during like her opening thing last time she had the dress that was up like super high on the one side i think carissa has a great shot she also gave ritu one of the first ones she's the girl that's i want to say indian but i think she might be pakistani or some yeah i think conrad is going to be in my top four which i know is like he's like a front runner right now but i think like he's going to progress in a 
uh, positive fashion. I do think that um, Holly mm-hmm. and Brooke's relationship is going to pitter out. And I do think Darvid's is going to pitter out as well. I also am wondering if her relationship with Jamie Lee is going to end up being more friend once they get to like top five, top four and like have that kind of be like, Oh, I really like you as a person, but I don't see this going. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking kind of a, I'm going on a little bit of a limb saying like the two front runners right now aren't going to really matter later on. I think maybe they can make top five, possibly top four, but I'm seeing there's a lot of room for someone to step in there and take her heart. Yes. So we will be back next week for another episode of The Bachelorette Australia on The Batch Report. Bye.